M&K Takwaye now presents Cinder Part 1 of The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Mayer. to M&K Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. Uh, I, I realize that I keep saying my name like it's a question. <laughs> Should we read some articles about up-talking and... Yeah, and vocal fry <laughs> and how we can avoid that to make people take us more serious. Yeah. Okay, three things real quick. First of all, you may have noticed we have a theme song now. I've always wanted a theme song. This is a dream come true. I know. Like, I just want to play it every time I walk through a door, like in my office, when I get home. I want to hire someone with a boombox to play it behind me every time I walk through a door. Is that overkill? No, I don't think <laughs> so. I think that's just enough. <laughs> but yeah, we we, lo- we love it. Oh my gosh. We have to thank Timothy Milky. Um, he's from Pittsburgh, PA, which is my hometown too, and he composed this original music for our podcast and it it blew us away we love it so much agreed I'm speechless that's how much (laughs) I love it yeah and you know he was just he was just so like genuinely excited to create it for us which it was just it was so fun to work with him yeah it really captured I think what we wanted it to feel like yeah (laughs) it really did and like he put he just put so much time and effort into us so we want to say thank you so much timothy it means so so much to us yep you're a rock star um second thing is we learned how to edit finally kind of and by we we mean marissa knows how to edit i, I sort of kind of <laughs> because i have not done it yet you probably noticed from the hack job i did on that first episode but it's coming together Yep. Not my not my webcam, though. So we still can't see each other while we're doing this. Yeah, we still have a problem with the webcam. We we did master the Google Hangout thing. But I did I was reading our texts like from before. And this is like how how dumb I am with the software. My text to you said, why don't you try Googling Hangouting me? We've come a long We've re- way. We really have. We would do really well in these future worlds that we're reading about. Oh my gosh. There's like com <laughs> chips. There's port screens. I would be constantly at the port screens store. I would definitely need like an Android to help me out. Oh, for sure. But now I think because we know how to edit, I think we can relax a little bit more. Hopefully. Yeah, because I think I was extremely nervous last time. Oh, you can tell. if you. To be honest, to I'm still pretty nervous. And yeah, no, same here. So the other day, I auditioned to be a trivia host, which um, is not something I'm traditionally qualified for as a software developer. Also interesting that I don't know technology better. But um, the guy kept trying to tell me how to do different things with my voice, and I just like looked at him like, I do not know how to change my voice that much. (laughs) So everyone else was like a voice actor, and I was like, this is how I talk. This is is what you get. (laughs) But not really, because we can edit dumb shit things we say like that. Can you auto-tune me? Can I what? <laughs> Auto-tune me? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Isn't 
isn't that what they do to like people who can't sing in their songs? Oh, they like, like dub them. Like they can carry a pitch or something. And they lip sync then. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I'm just saying. I'm saying words. <laughs> I watch a we- I watch a webinar, a t- an online tutorial, because <laughs> God knows I've I've looked at all of them already. Everyone out there, <laughs> it's been a struggle. Chad's like laughing in the background of the first one. Uh, We're you know what? Step by step. Every day is a little bit better than the last. Just wait till our 100th episode, everybody. Yeah. Oh, my God. It'll be like a professional podcast. And if anyone tells you the podcasting's easy, they're lying. Or they're smarter than us. Or they're dumber than us. One or the other. Maybe we're overthinking it. I'm going to go with that. Um, third thing, uh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I'm a lot older than last time, in case you guys can't tell. Oh, you sound so much more mature. By a lot older, I mean just one year. Is that all? Only, only <laughs> one birthday. <laughs> you can't even tell. Um, I, I was going to send you some banana cookies in the mail. <gasps> you don't tease me like that. That's my favorite thing. But I just imagine what they look like after being sent from Chicago to Atlanta. and. Uh... I don't care what they look like. I know what they taste like, and I would... They, you not even stop to look at them I would just immediately eat them yeah that's like that's like how we kind of bonded one of the first times we met I made banana cookies <laughs> which are amazing if you've never had any well they're my aunt's recipe so I can't take credit for it my aunt Judy has this recipe and they're really good and I made we, we were cooking for food Friday at work and I made a bunch of them and I I won't say you ate all of them I ate half of them literally half of them they were supposed to be for the whole office and I ate half of them before you even finished I almost had a dozen to take in the next day. <laughs> and that's because you hid them from me, which was smart. I don't remember doing that. I remember you thought I ate all of them. You you ate all of them. Yeah, I looked down and they were gone. And I was like feeling really guilty because we weren't even really that good of friends yet. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I ate all of your cookies. And then you were like, I hid them. <laughs> yeah. And then we set Brooke's kitchen on fire. Yes, making popcorn. Again, really smart people that we've got on this podcast here. We're not, we, we're not doing ourselves any favors here. We <laughs> don't drink a bottle of wine and then try to make popcorn on the stovetop. It was, it, was, it was a small grease fire. Right? Everyone lived to tell the tale. And we're still friends with Brooke, which is kind of a miracle. Yeah, right? actually. If you can almost set someone's house on fire and still be friends with them... I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's how you measure your friendship level. Exactly. Because <laughs> I've almost set people's houses on fire and stopped being friends with them. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're not friends with anyone anymore. They're not around to tell the tale. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I had. Okay, so should we <laughs> to the actual young adult <laughs> part of the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we're reading Cinder. We read half of Cinder. Yep, which is the first book in the Lunar Chronicles, for those of you who were not listening all the way through the pilot. It's the first series we decided to read, and we read up to page 200 if you have a paperback book, or rather if you have the same paperback book I have, which is where chapter 22 starts. Yes. You'll be proud of me, Katie. I have a hard copy of this book. I am proud of you. I mean, I got it at the library, but that still counts. Libraries are good. I I support libraries. I just have a problem, so I have to buy every book that I see. You should, you don't know, like, no one goes to the library anymore, and it's so sad, because they're so great. You can get, like, you can get music, you can get movies, you don't even have to go to the library, you can just get your books sent to your Kindle. And you can, like, see other people who like books, which, I know that sounds weird, but I really appreciate that. 
Actually, I saw this thing the other day that was like, why is buying people drinks at a bar the thing we do? Like, instead, I wish people would come up to me at a bookstore and buy me the book I was looking at, and then we could talk about it. And I was like, that would be amazing. Oh, sold. I, I would, I'd be like, done. <laughs> Let's get married. You're already married. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Uh, that would be a great way to meet people. When I was at the airport this week and I was traveling, and I had this library book with me, and the strangest thing, like, this guy came up to me and he looked at it, the library book, and he was like, oh, my God, is that a library book? And I was like, are you kidding me? And he honestly, he took it out of my hand and he held it up like it was some, like, rare artifact. And he was just, like, amazed that I had a library book. He was like, people still go to the library? But for real, a lot of people don't go to the library anymore. Get a library card. It's free. You pay taxes for it. Use it. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this book. Okay, well, so... Go for it. So it's obviously tied to Cinderella, mm-hmm. which, you know, we know the, the story. Well, we know the Disney version. But I was looking into the origin story, and there's actually, like, a bajillion different versions of it. I read that there was 345 different versions. And, like, from every country mm-hmm. back a bajillion years. A bajillion is apparently my number of the day. <laughs> Accurate scientific fact. That's a That's a scientific term. <laughs> But I was talking to someone and I was like, yes, it is predictable in a cert- to a certain extent. Like, I feel like while I'm reading it, I know to expect certain things or I notice analogies or I, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of creativity or originality in this version, I think, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because like in all the versions that I read, there's always some kind of animal friend, like a forest friend, whether it's like birds or mice or one of them's a fish but mm-hmm. I like how um, Eco and the android is kind of like a replacement for the mice. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, there's already talk about a prince and a ball and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the elements that you're used to, but it doesn't, she doesn't feel like a damsel in distress at all. Oh, no. There's just like hints to the fairy tale. Um, I learned something really cool. So I read that the earliest documented version of Cinderella actually comes from do you want to guess where China yeah China okay I only guessed that because of where this one is placed I know and I love that um it was called Ye. oh god I'm gonna butcher this Ye Zan <laughs> by um Duan Chengxi I should I should have rehearsed that uh Chengxi in the year 860 yeah it's like the earliest version she has a fish instead of a fairy godmother and she goes to a new year's eve fest a new year festival instead of a ball but i thought that was so great that marissa mayer set the book in beijing china and the oldest documented version comes from china i i was like let's assume that she intended to do that because that's like that's a pretty cool connection that is really cool and i also i like that it was set in like i like thinking about our countries that we know today or like the world as we know it today but like vastly different you know sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like they in dystopian books or whatever they'll just choose completely new lands or like it's kind of cool that it was had some kind of you could recognize it ties to the world today but obviously a lot had changed yeah I I really like that too um just because it makes it easier to like situate yourself and kind of understand what's going on (laughs) if it's not like a completely fabricated world um but uh did (laughs) did you read like some of these early tales are so freaking disturbing. 
I like. I mean, what's it's Brothers Grimm, right? Where the stepsisters like cut off their toes. They to cut off their to feet fit into the glass slipper or something at the end. After I read that one, I decided not to read into too many details because I don't do gore like that. <laughs> yeah, like the mom tells them to do it too. She's like, "Oh, if if your shoe doesn't fit, just cut off your heel, and then it'll fit, and you'll get a husband, and you won't have to walk anymore because like you'll be rich, and your servants will bring you stuff for you." I kind of feel really bad for them in that version. Like, if I I cut off my foot and then also didn't get to marry a prince, like, maybe if I cut (laughs) off my foot and got to marry a prince, it would would make up for it a little bit, is what you're saying? (laughs) I don't know. It's messed up. And then at the end, (laughs) I don't know why, but the Cinderella's forest friends, or or like the bird friends, they peck out the stepsister's eyes at the end at at her wedding. Oh my goodness. I read this one too, one of the fish versions where it was like her mom and her stepmom were like walking in the woods and the stepmom pushed the mom into a well and the mom turned into a fish and then she fed the fish to Cinderella. So she oh ate the mom oh and, then, and then like planted the bone <laughs> and then where she planted the bone, something magical like grew and that was like very godmother-ish thing did she ever find out that she ate her mom because that would be the i would i think yeah i think that i would be in therapy for the rest of my I life think that's what the stepmom told her yeah i mean for for so many reasons even if someone just said your mom is this fish i think i'd be in therapy let alone if i ate it i think that's worse than the birds pecking out the stepsister's eyes honestly <laughs> that's just so vindictive kind of crazy. oh my gosh that is crazy <laughs> It makes you wonder what, if anything, is going to come back around for uh, the stepmom in this this version. What's her name? Audrey. Oh, my God. My dog will not stop barking. Um, Adri? Audrey? Yeah, something like that. So when the stepsisters cut their feet off, um, you know what that reminded me a little bit of? Because the mom tells them to do it. It reminded me um, of Chinese foot binding a little bit. Maybe because I was just thinking of China because of the setting. But it was kind of like... Like, the mom was willing to, like, put her daughter through this terrible pain and, like, to sacrifice her her feet for the sake of getting a good marriage. Like, to her, there was nothing more important than marriage, no matter if you're mutilated. Which is, like, kind of what Chinese foot binding was. It's so crazy to think about a world like that. I know, I know. I'm so thankful that that's not our lives. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank God. But it, like, wasn't... It wasn't that long ago that women did that to their to their daughters like bound their feet like that and i still feel like there's parts of the world where variations of maybe not foot binding specifically or maybe i don't know enough about it but you know where that's more culturally acceptable things like that or yeah that, at least too. yeah because it was like the only way they could you know like raise their socioeconomic status was like through a good marriage and if you didn't bind their feet then they could end up a ser- like a servant or a concubine or it was just, it was like an example to me of like the extent to which parents will go to ensure the best for their kids. Crazy. And it's crazy. No wonder that didn't make it into the Disney m- version. <laughs> <laughs> That's not appropriate for six-year-old girls and boys. I was probably would have liked that as a six-year-old, let's be honest. I like dark and, and scary yes. things. Oh, but you know what? I really did like, um, have you ever seen the Drew Barrymore version of um, Cinderella, Ever After? Yes, I have. I own that movie. I, I love that movie so much. Uh, my roommate and I used to watch it every night in college. It was like our falling asleep movie. And we 
we like never made it past the part where the dad falls off the horse because <laughs> we'd always fall asleep but i think that's like my favorite version of the cinderella story what's the one with like um is it brandy in it or oh something? yeah i used to love that one when i was little i wasn't super into that one but i do remember it I don't even, I couldn't tell you much about it now, except that I know that I used to like it and Brandy was in it. <laughs> and did you see the recent one with um, Rob Starks at The Prince and Daisy from Downton Abbey is the stepsister and Rose from Downton Abbey's Cinderella. I only know, I only know the characters by the sh- other shows that they were in. I have not seen Downton Abbey, but I don't think I've seen that either. That one, that one was actually really good too, and it was really close. It was a lot closer to the original, um, like the original tale. There's no mutilating feet in it, but it has parts in it from like one of the early versions by. It was called the Little Glass Slipper. That was one of the earliest ones. Oh, by Charles Perrault, in um, the Tales of Mother Goose. That was another early one. What did you think? I don't know. Talking about all this mutilation and whatnot was. Reminding me of, in the story, you know how the cyborgs were like second class citizens mm-hmm. at best? <laughs> um, I don't know. Something about that was kind of interesting to me because part of me felt like in a future world where you could, if you had enough money, kind of correct for injury oh. or whatnot or like add on mechanical features, at least some of her, you know additions seem almost like benefits i know but it's kind of like to me i almost feel like why i don't like i wish i knew more of the backstory of how they became second class like why me too they well the only thing i could think of was the world that she created in um what's the city new beijing i think a lot of people it seems like a lot of people are on the poorer side Mm-hmm. at least in the sector where cinder lives and so i was thinking um maybe it's like a mistrust thing like she has all these tripped out features that make her like a threat to them because she's smarter she's you know more capable she's stronger um that's the only thing i could think of that they were actually like kind of frightened of her mm-hmm. and that yeah, it's like translated a, us first them people mm-hmm. who are different than you statement but there's also i feel like a lot of legal differences right that the cyber oh yeah <clears throat> because they're um kind of no definitely because they're recruited for um the plague treatment right yes the cyborg draft mm-hmm. right so there's this plague that's going around and they test antidotes for the plague on only cyborgs and then they like reimburse your family if you volunteer, right? I also think it would have been interesting, though, to... I wish that she had had, like, another cyborg friend. Like, I get that having an android friend kind of relates, but I was just kind of curious, like, how much of it was her stepmom and steps... You know, her stepmom being kind of cruel to her versus just kind of how society treated cyborgs as a whole. I think it's both, because she's... um, She's really... Cinder's really embarrassed by being cyborg. You know, like, she feels like she's less than... And you see the lady across from her in the marketplace or whatever who won't let her son talk to her and all of that. Like, there's definitely, you see other stuff, but I'm just kind of curious. Kind of would have been interesting if there was a different cyborg whose family did accept her or someone who was a cyborg but still lived with their, you know, original family. Because she was an orphan and a cyborg, right? Yeah, it would be interesting to see if there was another cyborg who was maybe uh, cherished or, um, like, 
celebrated for her differences, maybe in a different part of the world, right? Because here it's more like there's mistrust, there's fear that leads to disgust. It seems like, I don't know, because there's a cyborg draft, so that makes me believe that there are a lot more cyborgs in her world, but still not enough that they're accepted. Or even if there was more kind of judgment between cyborg, like I think that would have been interesting too if there was a cyborg, but like he had only half as you know because they oh right metal or how much Mm -hmm. non-human parts they have is kind of measured like i wonder if there's like even kind of a caste system among the cyborgs for like i'm more human than you or something or yeah well there was the part where dr erland is running tests on people who are cyborg and they're comparing their genetic makeup and like the percentage of cyborg and the percentage of human and i think cinder's like 33 percent cyborg and he was he liked that because she had a she had a high percentage and that's why he really liked her. Yeah. Yep. Well, honestly, like there's also I think in the in the book there's a lot of um, you know, discarding or getting rid of people who are different. Like the lunars with their shell children are killed on Luna or their parents will try to ship them to Earth to get them away. Yeah. So there's definitely a theme mm-hmm. of that. Um, but I think didn't we learn that shells I think it's all honestly like I think it's all based on fear because the shells were killed because their Levana hates them so Queen Levana hates them because they are immune to her lunar gift and they can't be glamoured right so they're dangerous to have around so that's the reason for them being um, discarded but yeah the cyborg thing's interesting I mean I think it's definitely an interesting take from the the normal Cinderella stories where the stepmother is jealous of Cinderella's uh, beauty or like youth. That's like a lot of the hatred Mm -hmm. that you see in um, like the Disney version. Yeah. There's none of that envy. There's really just disgust. Yeah. It's just disgust. And like a little, maybe a little bit of um, seeing her as an obstacle to her, for her husband's love, you know, like there's that, like the father in Cinderella really cared about his daughter and the stepmother was kind of, uh, like threatened by that. And I guess, I guess you do see the flip side with her, um, younger sister Peony or whatever, was that her name? Peony, yeah. And how she doesn't really seem bothered by Cinder's cyborg qualities at all and I wonder if that's saying something about like younger generations or but Pearl doesn't like her I I don't know it's kind of an interesting yeah but Pearl's still older that's true I don't know how much older but yeah she's definitely still older but also there's like there's like the whole sibling rivalry thing there too right where like you want to be on the side of your mom and like sometimes you know you you say things to kind of make your parents love you more than your siblings right (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that happens. You do what, Marissa? (laughs) (laughs) I was a terrible sister. (laughs) Um, I don't know. There's, like, there is still the whole theme of, like, pitting women against each other. It is is interesting, too. I mean, it probably shouldn't be surprising, but most of the characters, good, bad, whatever, the strong characters are female, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Fun to read. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, even though Kai is emperor or whatever, he feels very much like a secondary character. Yeah, he does. But I also kind of like that we are getting to know him. Because, like, you never get to know the prince in Cinderella. Yeah, no, he's, he's, 
he's multidimensional. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, she doesn't just meet him at the ball and, like, oh, okay, I'll marry you. That's a, That sounds great. <laughs> you know, like, we know, we know more about him. I really, yeah, I really like his character. And I was, <clears throat> I was talking to Alicia about this because we were watching The Crown. Have you seen that? No, but it is on my list of things. Oh, it's so good. But we were just talking about how, um, like, it's how hard it is to become a monarch, like, when, when you ascend the throne and, like, when you're coronated because you're taking over the role of your parent, but you're doing it because your parent has died. And you, like, all of a sudden have this responsibility to be, you know, very strong for your country and your country is very vulnerable because it's transitioning and like other countries are looking for signs of weakness so you have to be really strong at that moment but you're grieving like you're you're going through the loss of a parent and like I don't know I was just thinking about how hard how hard it would be to like pretend to be at your best when you're really like at your worst yeah especially when you think that given that job the person you'd most want to talk to um, professionally would be the predecessor who is dead and then the person you'd most want to talk to just from like a supporting human side is probably your family mm-hmm. who is the same person and also gone so you don't really have the support on either side the same way like no one knows what it's like to be emperor except for the except for dad, the emperor you know? and you don't know until yeah. your dad is is dead and that's just, yeah. there's and there's no time to mourn right you just have to like move on and lead your country and especially given the plague you know it it strikes so fast so even though he's been you know trained and studying under his father for so long and it seems like he's you know kind of taken the role of eventually being emperor pretty seriously the plague is like days i know that's so scary you get sick and it's days later you know you it's not like you have time to to cope with it yeah because when when peony came down with it like she just Mm. saw the plague spots and then was just whisked away to the hospital and there was no time to even like really tell her family or I don't know there was no time to like deal with it yeah which definitely didn't help uh Sunder's role in the family to have been there when that happened and be the healthy one no and then they learned that she's immune to it because she's oh because she's lunar that was like the big reveal at the end yes so she doesn't have enough problems (laughs) she's cyborg and she's lunar and she's an orphan, and she's never going to go to the ball. And she can't be anywhere near Queen Lavana, but she just found out that the information that Princess Kai or Prince Kai was asking for was about the lunar heir, aka something he needs to know ASAP. Okay, so let's talk about Princess Celine. What do you think about that? I don't know. It seems like if there's one thing about this book that I don't like, it's a little. I think it's a little obvious. Yeah. But I think part of the reason it's obvious is because it's based on some of these stories that we know. That's true. That's true. Because, like, when I was reading up to that point, I was like, oh, there's a long-lost lunar princess who went missing exactly at the time that Cinder showed up. And Cinder doesn't know what her past is. And then there was this accident. And now she's cyborg. I don't know. I think that it's interesting, though, too, because just because there is princess out there who's been gone since she was like a three-year-old or whatever I feel like a lot of people Prince Kai included are kind of just assuming I don't know putting a lot of trust in something that like seems like a lot of things have to line up perfectly and 
and who knows if whoever Princess Selena is is like qualified or interested or capable of wanting to do the role, let alone physically getting there. Able to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we, I mean, we get some sense that um, nobody likes Queen Lavana, sort of, but it's not very clear how people on the Lunars feel about her, is it? No, I don't think so. I mean, we know that the Lunars are feared, right? Yeah. By Earth, by the Earth people because of their glamour mm-hmm. and because they can brainwash people. So we know that Earth mistrusts them. That's about it. I mean, I don't know. Like, she wants, Lavana wants to come to Earth to marry Kai, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, form an alliance between the Earth she really wants her foot in the door on earth to to, to, for more power right (laughs) she's like power hungry that's what she wants yeah yeah she is but like i i'm I'm just curious as to why because you know like we haven't seen luna luna we don't know what it's like i'm just curious as to like why she wants earth so badly but i like the whole um I really like the whole glamour thing and how she wears a veil because her glamour doesn't translate over the port screens. Mm-hmm. I also think just the whole idea of glamour is interesting, especially, I mean, I get that hers is stronger than everyone else's, but the, I mean, it is scary to think that there's a group of people or whatever, slightly modified genetic people who can control your actions and thought, you know, like who can do that to you? Like, mm-hmm. I don't blame earthlings for being scared. Can you imagine living your life where you could like change the way you look to people or how tempting would it be or like how would you learn to kind of control that or morally draw a line yeah Mm -hmm. well and how scary would it be to not know like if you were being brainwashed like oh do I really do I really want to do that or is someone telling me that I should want to do that like that would freak me out and I wonder how long lasting it is because do you know afterwards that you were glamored and I think you do because remember Prince Kai um when Lavana is trying to make him love her I just burped into the microphone. <laughs> he, like, afterwards, he re- he realizes that she glamored him because he despises her, and then there was a moment where he, like, desperately loved her, and it made him really, like, disgusted because... Yeah, but he only realized that when it stopped. Right? Yeah, that's true. He couldn't, true. like... It wasn't like she was controlling his body and he still hated her, but he was saying things. It's like, like he felt that those things when she wanted him to. It's just kind of crazy to think about. Oh, I agree. I don't... How old is Lavana? Do we know that? How old is she? Yeah. Because... Yeah, because Kai's only 18. Um, I feel like she's at least... Well, because she has a stepdaughter, right? How old is... This? Right. How old is the stepdaughter? Oh, wait. I think I, I wrote that down. Um, her stepdaughter is 13 years old. Okay, and she's definitely been queen for at least as long as Princess Selene has been gone because wasn't that the rumor that she tried to kill her or whatever? <clears throat> yeah, so that's been like, I don't know. I would say she's probably been queen for maybe almost two decades and she probably didn't become queen until she was at least 15 if she was really young, probably older, right? So I would say she's probably yeah. 40 at the earliest. Okay, that's what I th- I thought too. Like either like in her thirties or forties, and that is I don't know. I don't I don't like that she wants to marry Kai and he's only eighteen. Like it's so predatory, mm-hmm. and like and it's not the age difference. Like whatever. If he was like in his thirties, I wouldn't care. But he's eighteen, and didn't 
And was she always going to marry him? Was she going to marry his dad instead? I thought she was trying to marry the dad first, but I... Maybe she was just trying to marry him, but the dad wouldn't allow it first. I don't know. I thought he was going to marry... She was going to marry his dad, and then I was like, okay, that's that's a problem. If you, like, have your heart set on the dad, and then you settle for the son, like... Yeah, but the pro I mean, the problem is, I don't think it's her heart at all. It's totally a power grab, and that's... She just wants to be empress, or whatever the yeah title is although that's interesting too because it feels like she's very much targeting new beijing but um Mm -hmm. there are so what other countries are there right now there's there's some version of america right there's some version of europe and there's africa because they talk about this um where the plague started but they're not all empires but they're all peaceful Mm. with each other i thought they all were empires i thought one was still a republic Oh, maybe. I feel like I saw something about the something republic. But that's kind of interesting, too. I wonder how much they have peace on Earth, but how closely (laughs) peace on Earth and goodwill towards man, but not cyborgs or lunars. (laughs) Or androids. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I feel bad for the androids. I feel bad. Like, no one treats Eco like she's a real person, and that makes me really sad. I think it's interesting, though, because so she has this personality chip defect. So I actually feel like the way people treat cyborgs isn't necessarily bad but the way they treat her is if that makes any sense like if they really if they really don't have you know it's i i don't know another cyborg to compare it to but it seems like part of why we love her and want her to be treated better is because of this like defect that she supposedly has right yeah because she's um she's super sassy and because of a a personal a chip in her personality um a chip in her personality chip <laughs> it's a defect in her personality chip right yeah and uh, that's so funny i love that i love that too she's one of my favorite characters exactly me too she probably is my favorite character right now she has the best lines yeah even just how obsessed she is with the with uh the prince <laughs> she's like a like a little lovesick girl who <laughs> and she's like, oh, check. I think my heater's like, what? She's like, oh, I think my fan's overheating when, when Kai walks in. <laughs> of course, she doesn't seem concerned at all that she's a um, an android, whereas Cinder is very concerned about her hidden cyborgness. That's true. Well, I think because, I don't know, I think because the prince is like paying attention to her now and she kind of secretly likes him and she's worried you know, it's like anyone, like, you're worried someone's going to find out something about you and they won't like you anymore. Yeah. It would be different, I guess, if he knew she was a cyborg, then she probably wouldn't be self-conscious about it as much. But since she thinks he doesn't know or he doesn't know or whatever. Yeah, you know. he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> when she was trying to hide her foot from him, <laughs> that killed me when she was, like, hobbling on one leg and, like, trying to stand on one leg at the booth because her foot wasn't attached. Like, that was so sad. <laughs> But you love her. Like, you. I love Cinder. She's... She's very relatable. Yeah, and you just root for her. But I also like... Like, I like that she's a strong lady, but she still has these, like, insecurities. Like, she feels very human for a cyborg. Yes. <laughs> and she's not... <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> she... Yeah, and she's still... Like, she's not immune to, like, the prince's charms, and she's still... She's not cynical, like, they could have made her very wry, very cynical, very, snar- very snarky, but, like, she's still very hopeful, and, like, she does dream about, like, meeting the prince and having him love her. 
just belonging and being loved in general, which is, I think, what everyone wants. But, I mean, I think you even see her kind of struggling with her family and, Mm -hmm. you know, she couldn't leave as long as Peony is there. How do you say her name? I don't know why I can't. Peony, like the flower. I know that, but I just can't say it. I, I did hear the other day, someone was like, if you pronounce words wrong and people make fun of you, they shouldn't because you probably learned it from reading. And I was like, that's oh. true. That's why I say everything wrong, because I don't talk. I just read. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you go to read it out loud, you're really screwed. Yep. Then I embarrass mm-hmm. myself. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, even just her like love for her sister, she doesn't want to abandon her as much as she wants to get away and as unhappy as she is in her life there. Well, because she's the only person who has shown her any love besides Eko, yeah. right? Yeah. And she's the only family she has. But she's still very loyal to her small group of family. Absolutely. But that's kind of like, I mean, that's how Cinderella was in, you know, the Disney movie. Like, she just had her her forest friends, her mice, you know. And they weren't really human either, though they had human traits, right? Like, they could talk and stuff. So it's kind of like what Eco was. But I, I love the idea of artificial intelligence, and I really want, I want an Eco for myself. Especially, I want the personality defect. Oh, for sure. I would have them program that in. Because otherwise, <laughs> like that, it would just be boring to have a robot. Or they could just let us program it, and then we'll probably put in a ton of personality defects. Oh, <laughs> too many. We'd have to rein back eventually, probably. <laughs> it wouldn't speak English to us, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I also, I kind of want her, like, eye thing, or Cinder's eye thing. Oh my god, yes. Like, keep lists and... Like, when you to tell some, you, you know. when somebody's lying? Yeah, well, that part too, for sure. I want that one. But I even just want to, like, organize my life with that. It's like an it's like Google Glasses. It really is, because I love how when she doesn't know something, she can just pull it up in her brain and instantly read it. Yeah. You better believe I'd have that if I could. That'd be... You would be so smart. It would be... Well, I guess we already have, like, the internet pretty much tied to us, and we can quickly look anything up, but just, like, having it right there in your head but having it work with your brain like you don't have to translate yeah. anything it just like knows what you need to know i i don't i wouldn't want though the thing where she um she overheats mm-hmm. right like if her systems get overheated and she just passes out because her <laughs> i that, that would be terrible i don't know pros and cons i guess always <laughs> oh we're at we're at about 50 minutes right now does that mean we should try to wrap it up yeah, I think so. Um, oh, did you? I didn't think of a, clo- a closing line, a sign off. Oh, that you? was what we were supposed to work on. I didn't do that. Um, uh, okay, we'll do that for next week. We'll think of the way we're going to sign off, like okay. close the podcast. Um, can I tell you a joke in the meantime? Yes, please do. Okay, because I love dad jokes almost as much as I love YA literature. But you, oh, but if I tell you a joke, you have to promise that you're going to laugh no matter if you've heard it before or if you think it's dumb. Okay. You know I'm going to laugh. I laugh at everything. Okay, good. Um, I have to think of, oh, okay. <laughs> Here's one. Um, what kind of pants does Mario Brothers wear? Um, uh, I don't know what. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like that. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to end with a joke every every single week, so get ready. I tell my, co- my cousin's fiancé, I tell him dad jokes all the time, and 
literally like we don't send, I don't send him anything via text except for bad dad jokes and I looked back at our text and it was just one bad joke after another <laughs> and him just not responding <laughs> I love it I love I love dad jokes I love puns I love all that kind of well we'll try to work it into a sign off then Sounds for fun. next week so next week we're gonna finish reading cinder right yep okay looking forward to it I, I wish there was like a lunar sign off that they said in here and we could just be like is there something well, they always say instead of swearing they say my stars or like right are we trying to swear we're not gonna do that though <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna say bye bye <laughs> okay okay M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford. Original music composition by Timothy Milkey. Logo design by Marissa Snyder. For updates and extras, visit mnktalkya.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We would like to thank James Tobias, Chad Snyder, Meredith Kelfie, and Michael Howard for all of their support. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.